everybody, and uh, welcome to a Movie Mumble special episode. Special episode. Uh, yeah, um, we did a set of three holiday season episodes uh, where we each picked a holiday movie. This is number two. Uh, Joel, I have completely forgotten what movie you picked because we've been doing White so Christmas. many today. <laughs> okay, White Christmas. I just we've watched so many films all in a row lately between the Halloween films and yeah, we're, the we're regular episodes. So yes, uh, Joel brought us Irving Berlin's White Christmas, and now we, my selection, A Christmas Story. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, A Christmas Story is um, very famous in the United States. Um, hits a certain generational nostalgia stride. And and even, uh, it, it's the nostalgia for my parents, but through them I'd get a healthy dose. And uh, watched it. I watched it a lot growing up, every year. Mm. And I love it. I, just, I love everything about it. <laughs> This is one I came into with a certain amount of apprehension because I did not grow up watching. This was my first time watching it all the way through. And it was that thing where I've seen it referenced enough times that I knew the triple dog dare you thing. I you knew that. Yeah. So I knew all of these like touch tone oh, components. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I was worried that I was going to come into it and it would be. Counter. How many times am I going to say that during the podcast? <laughs> I, I, I thought it might just have this purely nostalgic thing. And. To be fair, it, it trades a lot on nostalgia, this mm-hmm. idea of this, this Midwestern... The sort of place with seasons, the, yeah. the fighting with the furnace to warm right. the house. The, yeah, I mean, a, a Midwestern I, and Eastern American childhood, mm-hmm. sort of. I think it was like three minutes into it. I, I had to pause it yeah. and let you boys know that, that was I was moment. fucking loving this yeah. film. Like, just <laughs> the cadence of the delivery and the the, the uh, effusive nature of the the, the um, narrative mm. or the, the narration is just perfect. Just such a great like elevation of the little kid yeah. interacting with the world. It's edited very well. Yeah. It's paced very no, well. No, for sure. Yeah. The kid sitting at the, at the breakfast table, you know, I had to let them know some way what I wanted <laughs> without tipping my head. <laughs> and the kid spits out what he wants and then Get the actor gets this horrified look, and right when that happens, right in time with your own thoughts, the voice uh, voiceover says, "Oh no, I don't believe my hand." <laughs> it keeps up with real life, and especially with your memories of real life, so well. Mm. And even though the specific experiences relate to a time and place, the way they're presented is sort of universal. Yeah. The running monologue, the the retrospective look with adults' eyes at at everything that had happened. I was saying, like, it really reminded me of, like, the, the uh, stop-motion animation, like, Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman and stuff. Like, those narrative styles, it just felt like the li- live-action equivalent of that. And it was perfect. Like, it just so well fits into that Christmassy genre. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was nice to realize that quickly within it that I was like, this, I'm going to enjoy this. I, w- mm-hmm. I was really nervous. So that was, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. A lot. <laughs> well, we're, we're glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> this is the, the second of our holiday episodes. But the first one with schnapps. Can we just... Uh, yeah, <laughs> so we all have hot cocoa and peppermint schnapps. Provided by the lovely Tim. Because it is yes. now December 1st. <laughs> so, you know, spoiler alert, the others were... Other singular, I guess, was not recorded in December. <laughs> recorded before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but... um. 
White November 14th. <laughs> had more snow in November than we have had thus far in December. That's true. <laughs> Although it is December 1st. <laughs> it's early. Well, at least that way, like, the middle half of the movie made sense because it didn't no take place snow, anywhere right? near December. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... This is another one that, like, Christmas is in the background of a lot of this film, but it's not every moment is about it. Like, you have the narrative of, like, I want... The BB gun, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what kind of it's about the surroundings, the lead up. Yeah. Which for a kid, again, it's supposed to present the kid's view. Right. Which is correct, because the kid, December hits and they're thinking about gifts yeah. and what they want, about how to get what they want, how to drop hints and etc. And that that's what the film focuses on then, you know? The tree they buy the tree, sure. Mm. They like they do every year. Okay, but right. like and it's there, but it's not the focus. Because the focus of this season is the Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. Something that, like at the very beginning, the idea of seeing the window display, right, with the the trains yeah. and the the Tinker Toys, the wind the narration. up thing. This was traditionally the high water mark of the right. kids' season, you know. And it's something that I don't think I ever, maybe once or twice when I was really little, we went window shopping and saw displays like that. But that's by and large not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. The closest mm-hmm. it would come for me was when we'd show up to the mall and they'd have put up their decorations. Right. And you knew I some of the, the stores... I the Lego store still does it. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, Some yeah. of the stores would have begun their displays or their right. sales, but... Uh, but it's simply just so iconic and recognizable as, like, this is a, a way of advertising that thing. And it feels mm-hmm. larger than life. It, yeah. it feels the really... The downtown department store. Yeah. The Macy's, the Gimbal's, the Harrods. Right. And the, what is it, Hickby? Huckby in this one? Hickby, Hickby. I think Hickby. it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was cool. It was just cool to see that. Everybody's... The kids' faces lighting up and watching it. And just, mm-hmm. like, that... That It really... It puts it in context right away for that. That, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the fact that, like, the kid spouts off the exact model and make and what, what right. the BB gun is. Mm-hmm. And, this like, that's what kids do. Like, I, I was Hit saying that I... Lever action, 200 shot, carbine, air, 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 air rifle. Like, he knows <laughs> The compass every, and the stock and this thing which tells, tells time. time. <laughs> um, he knows every detail because that's what kids do. Right. That's what I did. That's the thing. Like, I would see him on, like, Saturday morning cartoon commercials. It's like... They give you all this stuff. It's got mm-hmm. kung fu grip. It's got mm-hmm. this. It does that. Here's where it's available. Like With bending action. Yeah. Stretch Armstrong. Stretch him out. Like that. <laughs> that stuff. Like that announcer voice is almost as iconic as like the the fast talking high trousers ad voice. Like mm-hmm. it's it's how that has evolved throughout time. It's mm-hmm. great. Remember to drink your own. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but, oh, but I was man. gonna say like the ad we hear right. on the radio. Yeah. About the uh, you know. Oh, when Annie Orphan Annie is done with her Ace Adventure, she loves to go home and drink Ovaltine. You know, right. and do this, and that's the warm drink that fills you up. And like that—that's what you were talking about a moment ago. The ad voice, the ad man. Right. You know, we heard a few of these on the radio. Their big monstrous Westinghouse wardrobe radio. Yeah, that was the centerpiece of the home at the time. Such a cool thing. That's a cool-looking piece of furniture. Mm. The fucking Dakota ring to, to to it was like I was saying it was a <laughs> we, pop up you if had you to haven't work watched for. this movie go watch it <laughs> we're, no, just, it, we're gonna reference yeah. things that are very much entered the pop culture lexicon and I I don't think we have the wherewithal to explain them what all. were you saying about TNT does it, TNT slash TBS slash few channels will twenty four hour Christmas Eve Christmas Day air this movie yeah so there's there's, there's no ample excuse. opportunity yeah. for you to see this film <laughs> a crummy commercial so yeah, please. Just, but, yeah, the kids. He mentions after the first bullying incident, and mm-hmm. and that 
we see a lot more of them running from the bully, but it's sped up because it's just That's an everyday great, thing. Oh, it's such a great use of that because it would have been tired if you just saw the interaction over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's just this nice like link between sketches, which yeah, was Running great. from the bullies is their day to day. So yeah. he comes home mm-hmm. after the first time and he checks the mailbox and the narration is the voiceover is saying, you know, uh, you know, months ago I had mailed off for this decoder ring. Mm-hmm. And it's not there. And that's it. We hear no more of it until, like, two scenes later when he's listening to the radio program. Because that's how quickly kids change track, which is what the line is prefaced with. Kids change track quickly. And uh, he finally gets his decoder ring. It's his first secret message. Remember, kids, only members of Annie's inner circle can participate (laughs) in the secret message. Oh, man. He takes it to the bathroom. It's like the only place that a nine-year-old boy can truly have... A minute to himself and he's got the little hamper is over and he's like working on it and his mom's got to use the bathroom it's like it feels all this immediacy and it's like be sure to drink all your Ovaltine <laughs> fucking commercial come on and man yeah Joel you said a pop up you had to work for that is a, the best phrase <laughs> oh my gosh oh man it's it's like nowadays like the, the um, free to play app where if you want the bonus thing, you push the like watch the ad to get the coin thing. It's like yeah. exactly like yeah. that. This little bit of like engagement with the material, with a little mini game you have to play through to get to the get past the ad. Like it's so funny that that has been a thing for a long time. Like you're trying to instill at this very early yeah, he age. He drank that, all this Ovaltine. He mailed off the card. Yeah. He waited and waited and waited by the mailbox. <laughs> he finally got it. And. Your reward is drink more Ovaltine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, th- this film did introduce me to Ovaltine. <laughs> because growing up, we used herpes syrup in all our hot chocolate and chocolate mm-hmm. milk. Mm-hmm. Which we just kept on hand for other reasons as well, I guess. For ice cream or baking. But anyway. Ovaltine was like a catch-all. Like, you use it to put out fires. Or like, if <laughs> the baby was vomiting. Like it See, was I, this... I knew what Nesquik was. Because it was all over TV. <laughs> right. And at one point, I, when we were running out of syrup, I convinced mom to get some Nesquik instead, and I didn't like it as much. But Ovaltine, this movie introduced me to Ovaltine, and I drank Ovaltine instead for years. Is it still around? Does oh, it yeah. Exist? Oh, yeah. Has it ever had a mascot? Because that was the Nesquik thing, is that you got yeah. that weird bunny, bunny. rabbit. No, mm-hmm. eh, no mascot, just Ovaltine. I, it was delicious. I drank it for years. So old, you don't need a mascot. Right. I, I, and then... Caesar had his Ovaltine. <laughs> and then I eventually went back to... Hershey's syrup. I can't recall why. Maybe there was no Ovaltine in the store one day, a shortage or something. That's the but oldest just, thing about you. But the thing about the film is it opened my eyes to like, I knew Nesquik existed because they threw it in your face as a kid. Right. It was everywhere. Right. Hershey's syrup was just one of those things. It was just on the shelf. It was Hershey's syrup. Around, it was an yeah. old thing. You know, my parents knew it. So like the idea that there were other options for right. chocolatey goodness <laughs> that weren't the standby or the advertisement right. was like mind blowing to me. And that <laughs> came from this film. I had to ask mom what Ovaltine was. Well, plus, wasn't it like malted? Like I remember it being like different. They have a malted yeah. version and they yeah. have a regular version. Okay, because I think the only one yeah. I ever had was the malted version. So it was like actually a slightly different drink flavor, than the regular yeah. chocolate. Mm-hmm. You know. This is great podcast content. Drink your Ovaltine, friends. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com and Ovaltine. We say as we drink not Ovaltine. Not Ovaltine. Decidedly not Ovaltine. Uh, Always Audible. Always Audible. Audible. For a while there, those movement watches. Yeah. 
We don't know. Wait, we're not going to talk about this stuff until I start paying us. That's yeah. true. <laughs> no. Cut this part Redacted. Out. Right? Redacted. I'm going to edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> Place ad copy here. So this the, this movie is um, what's particularly interesting to me is how wide a swath of humanity it applies to age wise, and I mentioned because it to my parents they loved it because it was like they grew up. The film roughly takes place ish 1940 or so is the rough consensus uh-huh. by people who've analyzed it i always thought it was like post-war 47 gotcha. but um what do i know i wasn't right. there so you know it would have been not even my mom wasn't born until you know the 50s and she's the older of my two parents so it might have been how their parents grew up right how my grandparents sort of you know between generations and yet so much was consistent you know you still fought with your furnace <laughs> my mom remembers when they got, got rid of their coal furnace and got oil like that oh, took wow. forever to happen so she remembers Jeez. her grandpa tending the coal wow. her dad I'm sorry her dad tending the coal like so many of these things just stick stuck around the little pieces of mm-hmm. the you know the, the the 85 plugs in the oh outlet. my god like, oh, yeah. all sorts of things that were that just, was a, just a natural part of suburban American life across like two generations so that I can watch this and have this direct connection right. to what my parents experienced even though I've never experienced it. The closest I've come was, and you mentioned this in the film, the house my mom grew up in, a family still living there. I visited them, and they still have that bathroom sink with two taps, one for hot and one for cold. And I mentioned how annoying that was to work (laughs) with up until like two years ago. That's actually something in Britain they still have a lot of places, is the double tap sink. It's it's, it's kind of a... Pain in the ass. Because the one is hot, like instantly, like oh, it's boiling yeah. and freezing. Yeah, it does not. not a gradual increase. No, but that that was um. So I, that was my tenuous connection. You know, I saw their old house. They still live in right. the row house in in you know textile industrial town in Pennsylvania, which oh, by itself was a bigger city than the town this takes place yeah. in. But you know, there were still so many things that I could see their fingerprints left all over, mm-hmm. all over America. And, uh, yeah, but apparently 1940, right? That's what they say. And, yes, it just, by virtue of certain particular cultural touchstones just not changing very quickly, Mm -hmm. uh, the film has remained relevant for a huge swath of age groups. I wonder if that's going to start to, like, decrease, though. Mm -hmm. That was part of what I was thinking. because like With us and our children? Yeah. I've been wondering that myself. Well, yeah, because of just how things have been progressing exponentially quicker. Even just stuff from Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Every so often, they'd make a mention. I'd have to ask Mom what they were talking about. Yeah. The the joke in the film about um, what was it? The little the the, the car wax. What do they call it? Simonize. Simonize. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a can of Simonize. We had to look that up. Yeah. It's car wax. Yeah. And when I was looking it up, Simonize references have shown up all the way through the early two thousands in things like The Simpsons. Really? Which, like, again, if my dad had been watching The Simpsons in 2002, sure, he'd have got that. Right. I did not. No kidding. So yeah. we're already starting to see a, yeah. uh, <clears throat> a loss. Well, like, and like, one of the things for me was the, like, the, um, that, that I sort of noticed, uh, you know, when they're putting up the tree and they have those big Christmas bulbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember, like, like where, where that connects with me with the nostalgia is, like, my grandparents had those bulbs on their tree. And my grandparents have don't have those bulbs anymore. Like when they put their tree up, it's the the small little ones. I don't know if they're the LED version, but they're the, they're the mm-hmm. tiny lights that everyone else has. Right. So so like going forward from here, even even if you know if, if I had kids someday or like my, my nephew and nieces 
go to my grandparents, they don't see those big bulbs. Right. You know, they mm-hmm. they will never experience those in real life. They'll watch this movie and be like, "What? Why are those bulbs so big?" You know, yeah. as opposed to like you know, at least I had that connection with you know, yeah, if that was you know say the time my grandparents grew up like yeah that was yeah. sort of where i connected you can with see that. by the film that it was their time yeah and you know that they had these big bulbs yeah, so, yeah and i still, and I still was able to to reference that you know or, or even like yeah like the plug with all the, the extra adapters and stuff like it wasn't that bad but like oh yeah i got that because it was before we had power strips or just more than one outlet in the a living first room film you know? <laughs> that made me think this was forrest gump oh okay because it's such a journey through what our parents mm-hmm. went through through all of their big historical and cultural events yeah and for me it's the first thing i hear about when i get into a class or look at the past or ask my parents about how things used to be mm-hmm. like boom right there forrest gump stuff right. brought to life but if my kids watch forrest gump i'm going to be talking about their grandparents right and if their kids watch forrest gump right i mean the image of the 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 marine with the rolled sleeves and a rice patty and the the delta shaped hangar with his m16 just boom vietnam right and it works that way for me because vietnam's duration of being in popular culture bled into my life right the proximity right but um you know as we go on how much of that is gonna fade away yeah forrest gump and christmas story and lots of these films that sort of See, and it's, evoke it's, a time and place. It's kind of different from even like the Bond films, right? Because those are mm-hmm. like snapshots of the times, but it, it's like it almost serves that purpose because there's so many in a sequence. Yeah. Like we don't have a Christmas story for the 80s. No. Right? Like it was made in the 80s, but it was hearkening back to the 40s. So it's yeah. like this nostalgia look. But if we had them in a series, like they almost would serve better to show like progression of the things. It was interesting with the the power strip things. In Christmas Vacation, when he yes. goes out to oh, the right. thing, like they play on it's it's almost right. a reference because yeah. you can see it's even a more modern house with more modern bulbs. But the the apparatus for plugging all that shit in is the, the same. same. It's mm-hmm. this, that's what his dad did. Right, he doesn't did. know how to do it any 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 different. Yeah, that was really and what they were talking about like the um, artificial tree. Like them being plastic and like feeling like pipe Pipe cleaners. Like I, my, we have an artificial tree and have had for like eight years. And then when I went to go buy, like I was thinking about my own place, I bought an artificial tree. Mm -hmm. So like it being like, I think even back to like uh, Charlie Brown, like Mm -hmm. the aluminum Christmas trees that you could knock on and there's this weird, (laughs) like this, this transition away from what was thought to be the artificial thing i don't know like that that yeah. i feel like people getting real trees anymore is kind of rare i see i don't know is I, that just my family has always done a real tree gotcha. but partly because it's been easy enough for us to get our hands on a mm-hmm. um b we like i mean we like the smell and all the realness of it but um i i i don't mind our christmas trees once they're up they're hate, a pain in the ass, I man. I hate touching that. I come away with cuts and bruises. Yeah, that's and true. Scratches like a cat. It's just not sticky. That's the thing that and I like about it is you don't get My mom's the allergic. Really? Very mildly allergic. Just that when she touches them, her that skin will turn red. Huh. And not from the scratching. Is it like a latex thing? Or? No, I'm not, no, not allergic to anything else that we know of. Huh. Um, and, and it's not severe. It's right. not like, ah, uh, it just... It'll look red, almost like she's been scratching it for like gotcha. ten minutes. That kind of red. It'll just happen. The you know? cat scratch thing. Show is, up. Yeah. 
cool this year even but, if she hasn't scratched herself on it right no it just, no you're yeah, right just i was just do it. i was really yes. viscerally feeling that because we i after uh, thanksgiving we on fridays we the black friday we usually put up the christmas tree at my folks house mm-hmm. so we're doing it and putting it all together and then i re- was realizing like why do we do it from the bottom up rather than the top down trying to think of how to make this and we always use we like we pull out the different branches because you hook them in with these like hooks and we always like pull it out fan it out so it looks like a tree and then put it on but then when we go to do the rope lights we're fighting against like the tree thing that you made it like look like a tree so instead of having these flat things to like string it around easier Mm -hmm. we've been doing that wrong for like eight years and it was like really frustrating i don't know this (laughs) this last But no, like that sensation of snaking a a rope light through this like artificial metal skeleton of a tree is (laughs) very visceral. To go back to your original point, you're right. It's it's more and more people I know personally have switched over to artificial trees. See, and I said the thing this time was like, why do we have rope? Why don't we have just a pre-lit tree? Because that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And and you just plug it in and it goes. Yeah, well, that's what we got. This like we got a, a tiny one, mm-hmm. but it's probably only about like I don't know three feet tall. But yeah, it has like some lights built in. But then I still have another string of lights that I put around it. But um, awesome. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I like artificial ones just for the the efficiency of it. You know right. that it's like it's something you can pack away and then have for next year. Right. Um, I also think it's it's kind of like pets within my family where we had a real tree a few times when I was a kid and it was such a huge pain in the ass that it was just like, you know, every time we tried it, it was like, nope, we're going back to fake tree next year, you know? Gotcha. And it was just like between like, yeah, the needles everywhere and then like have, yeah, having to water it so it doesn't dry out. And then, you know, like I remember one time it just sat out in our backyard like the whole year. Just like, you know, it, it didn't, it, you know, it was an evergreen. It didn't, it didn't die right. <laughs> just, or it didn't rot. It just like sat there, you know, it was like, okay, there's our Christmas tree. And it was kind of this weird, like, sad sort of like metaphor for like you know yeah we had this great time and then we just chucked it in the backyard (laughs) you know but like i don't know like yeah and like the process of you know you pull the tree out with all the other decorations it's just like part of the 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 decorations you know none of the other stuff is quote-unquote real you know you don't put candles in the tree you know it's like you know it's all just like people used to do that yeah right you know we don't you know we don't do the whole like oh let's make a chain of popcorn to hang in the tree you know it's just like you know, we have these these balls and these things, and we just kind of throw them I up. I felt that tinsel was weird. Like, do you guys do tinsel? No, we've never we never used tinsel. to back. Because I was like, pine needles plus tinsel. Like, how much vacuuming and shit are you having to do with well, this? Well, the idea yeah. though, with the tinsel is that you're supposed to have fewer lights, so that the tinsel. Oh, reflects. okay. So it's a reflecting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead of doing, say, you know, a Your string of lights, lights and then a second string of lights, right. you do a string of lights and tinsel. Gotcha. So that's I guess out that more. makes more sense. But mm-hmm. it's like. Just confetti on the shit. Like. Yeah. No, nah, but we never. Our tree was always our real trees have always been lights and then ornaments. Mm-hmm. And the ornaments is, you know, the things my parents have purchased or passed down or received. Yeah. And then I already have enough ornaments between gifts from people and ones that my parents acquired for me, and like family hand me downs that I could probably fill most of a tree. Nice. And, and but mm-hmm. the thing the fun about that is that every year you find ones and you go I didn't use this last year and you right. put it on so you get a, a new tree every year yeah. but I mean that's all ornament based you know artificial tree would still do that Tyna and I really like doing like going to Goodwill and stuff and the ones that ended up like getting passed down and 
we found some really unique, weird ones from way, way back. We have these little, like, little glass present ones mm-hmm. that we really like. Lead paint. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's it's just kind of strange to see like how the the fashion of what the bulbs look like or what the balls look like, the different ornaments throughout the thing. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Throughout the years, one of my sisters bit one of the glass Christmas balls like it was an apple. Oh. One time she just like, oh, just like chunked oh. out. Yeah. Uh, why does this glass taste like blood? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And I used to, we had ones that had like this little concave thing in it, and yeah. I would just always take them, just like push my finger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My parents still have ones this that we don't have nice things. You, yeah, you were terrible children. Yeah, just like, oh look, this thing looks brittle. My dog yeah, was. was better trained about the ornaments <laughs> than you were. Yeah, oh. That's the thing. Like you would. I, the process was always like my mom had the box of everything and she'd hand them off to us like different ones for us to put on the tree like mm-hmm. and then we're like little in these glass really delicate things and you're like holding them with your shaking like uh, PB&J stained fingers like trying to get them on the tree without them falling down that's a way in which I was definitely atypical <laughs> parents taught me very early to be very careful with delicate things well they tried <laughs> to the no, point it's... where well I have the opposite problem now we you we shoot, you know, target shooting, metal targets yeah. for fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I'm using a gun that I've never used before, you know, either my instructor has brought out something from his collection or what have you, I'm not putting enough force into it because I'm trying to be careful with his valuable gun. See, but, like, yeah. it's a gun. It's a hunk of metal. <laughs> like, he had to tell me a couple times, just just, just pull it, for yeah. God's sake. Like, uh, I was like, I don't want to break your gun. Like, You're not going to. <laughs> I, I have the It'd opposite. be a first for you. <laughs> right, I have the opposite problem for gotcha. most people. But, um... With the with the ornaments especially, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we used to do something similar. Like every every year, my my dad's parents would give us a new ornament. Like me, and at the time, I only had two sisters, and then you know when I had a third sister. So yes, we had this collection over the years of just one, more yeah. and more you know ornaments, yeah. and to the point where like we had to stop using any other ornaments but those. Like that was yeah. all there was room for. Yeah. And then even even after that, now you know now it's kind of more like my mom keeps them in a box with our name for like well when. You have your own home that you want to put, you know, ornaments on your tree. Like these will be for you. Yeah. And you know, my mom's house now we usually just do like the Christmas lights and maybe maybe one string of garland because it's you know easy and quick. You just wrap it around yeah. and it's done. You know, but but yeah, it's almost kind of weird too because it is. It's become like a, a less personal Christmas tree because of that. You know, it's not all oh our, all of our ornaments as we were kids growing up. Right. You know, instead it's more of just like yeah, this could be in a store or at your place of business or whatever. It's <laughs> you know, but. But it's still, I mean, my favorite thing about, about Christmas trees are the lights. Like, I, that's that's my thing. Like, once the lights are, it's like, that's good. Light it up. Perfect. Done. We don't need anything else, you know. Put out put out the outlet. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was fine. The, line just the, the... the narration line in the film with a whiff of ozone and a flash of sparks. <laughs> yeah. The tree was lit in all its glory. <laughs> oh, what a phrase. What a phrase. That Lots of great phrases in that. Yeah. Really well written. Yeah. That was... My dad cannot tear his gaze away from the art. Oh my god! The... It's a I major did... award, Joel. Soft glow of electric For sex soft... gleaming yes, in the window. Thank you. I always <laughs> thought that that lamp already existed in their house. The fact that it's this trophy, <laughs> major award. That, like, Damn hell, you say you want? <laughs> it, it just it, it it impregnates it with so much more value, yes. and it's such a, a yes. an item of contention in the house. And you. It's almost like a horror scene when the mom goes out of frame around the corner and it breaks. She like she murders the thing. Like it. Oh, it's so good. He comes in and she's holding the body, looking sad. (laughs) What 
my, my favorite part is how much Ralphie like keeps his putting his hands on it. Like the whole time the father, okay, move it a little too late. You just see him like, like so the mother's trying to move it and push him away, and he just like keeps touching. And I like and I love how like you know it's like at one point he'll reach his hand all the way up, then at one point he's like on the calf. It's just like he's really exploring that thing, you know, like every inch of it. I was young enough when I first saw that film to not get the problem with the lamp, uh-huh. but to not get it because it was a lamp. Because uh-huh. like I asked my mom like what's what's so bad about this lamp? She was like ah, you know she gave me the like the parental the description said, or yeah, they'll tell yeah. you when you're older and I was like I didn't get it and finally it was you know sort of impressed upon me that the issue was that it was like reaching up someone's skirt. Mm-hmm. But I as a kid my vision was like yeah but it's not a person it's a fucking lamp right. the lamp doesn't give a shit <laughs> like I, you wouldn't do that to a real person of course right. because a real person is a person and they live and breathe and you know you don't do that to people but like the lamp's a lamp it's fake like that was the part that I didn't get that the implication right. could have power you know especially right. amongst the husband wife relationship in right. the household and growing up with that has been great <laughs> because I remember the time I first watched the film and I did get it. Right. I saw a look on the wife's face and I went, "Oh." See, that's the thing. Even separate from it being salacious, right? The yeah. idea that it's tacky is all it's fucking hell. It's, it's just yeah. like, and he wants to like proudly display it in, in the, the window. window. He's like, "You motherfucker, work all day. I have to be in the house and look at this shit." See all people the time. walk by and like, see me in the house. With it's this fucking spectacle. He's like, "Move it a little to let everybody on the block." <laughs> comes yeah, out and see it's like a beat. someone stops in the what, road in his car that? just like yeah. looking at it it's a major award I want it yeah, I have mind powers is it a lamp yeah of course it is it's a major award but doesn't his wife help him with that shit like is it the crossword that ends up winning him that I think so so I think it's oh, right, yeah. like she's the reason he has it in the first place yeah so it's like the lone ranger's <laughs> nephew's horse wife giveth and wife taketh away. away oh man I like that, like, she went with regards to the turkey, right? Like, he's yeah. almost a mouse compared to, like, he's always blustering and being, like, mad and Bumpuses fixing things. Right? Like, he, he, he carries himself, like, go get me this from. My mom hadn't had a warm meal in, in, in three year. years. <laughs> That's the saddest line in the whole movie. He's about to eat. And like, Can you get me the thing? No. And then later I saw that uh, Ralphie went and checked uh, the. Uh, uh, chili that was cooking and it's like oh you can go and look yeah. at things on the stove you, your legs work like <laughs> I wanted a little bit more sass from the mom but with the turkey she's like you don't fucking touch this turkey yeah. she comes out of the basement and goes no nope. <laughs> and he runs off gotcha uh, what was also neat was that they really nailed the two parent dynamic yeah the uh, give not, and, yeah, yeah the give and take because they're like when he finally snaps and he beats the bully up Oh, what and a satisfying They're going to tell Dad, yeah. Dad's going to kill Ralphie. And, and at the dinner table, what happened today? And Mom just says, oh, he got in a little fight. You know, boys. And that's it. That's it. Boom. She covered for him because right. she knows. Like, or, or the whole... And that really sweet moment with his brother who's in the cupboard. Yeah. You want a glass of milk? And he, she just shuts it he and lets him have his... He needs to have his time. And like, then you get the reverse of that at Christmas when, you know, the dad got him the rifle. Right. Yeah. I had one of these when I was. She's little. looking at him, he, and Ralphie's nine in the film. He mentions, and the dad had his when he was eight, and right. he says, "You know, hey, yeah, you get that great yes and no give and take, right. and it doesn't, you know, just two being two, not have to be mom and dad specifically, right. just the the one and the other, the two different approaches, the way they react to different things that are bad or not. Right. That was hitting the nail on the head, and then they also really hit more with the mom because we see her a little more, the 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 sort of." that 
you didn't get to see it as a child, but you understand it as an adult, which is where the narration is coming from. Mm-hmm. But you get that with the with the soap scene when um oh and she puts it in her mouth. He says the f word and she puts soap in his mouth and everything. Sends him off to bed. You're being punished. And then when he's gone, she she looks sadly at the soap because you can tell she just feels bad about having to do having it. Having to do it. That's such a parent. Such a thing. You know, like that's just. That's so well portrayed. She fucking calls the other kid's mom. We yeah. hear just this, like, awful abuse on the other line. Yeah. <laughs> She's just, like, thanks. And the it moment up. that happens, you can tell she regrets calling She's the like, other She's like, oh, this mom. was not necessary. Like, like, oh, that was... Ooh. There's that moment of, that's not how I do it in my household. Uh-huh, right. That's not my child. Right. <laughs> but should I have told her? But I had to. But, oh, there's that right. like, brief moment, just in the flash of her eyes, when you hear the, <laughs> what did I do, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't say fudge. That I've seen that and heard that referenced. And You've it, seen and heard most of this film referenced. Well, no, and that's the thing. For the most part, what I really enjoyed was the stuff that doesn't get quoted ad nauseum. Because yeah, right? unlike some films where the quotable parts are all the good parts, right. here the whole film is great. Yeah, no, and that's those are just the touchstone. Mo- that's the trailer bits. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what mm-hmm. ends up in the trailer. But that line, like didn't you really feel, and I didn't, I didn't realize the context of it, Ooh, and it's yeah. just like an automatic reaction to oh. Sh- crap fuck like that that just happened and you're trying to help dad and he's almost like he's holding it like an offering to slow right as the fuck because he realizes what happening as it happens and that's what it feels like when you're a kid and you're like why did i do that why did i do that you know like that that was really well captured in this and uh when he similarly when he snaps and he beats up the bully at one point the narration says i would hear from stunned onlookers later that while I would have been doing this, a stream of profanity had been pouring from my mouth because he didn't know what he was saying. He just, ah! Sounds like the father, yeah. A a tapestry of profanity still hanging over Lake Michigan to this day. (laughs) His father had woven. What a a film. His friend... I didn't say what this film was about. I didn't give any kind of pretext or explanation, did I? We just jumped in. I don't think you need to. It's It's as much in the zeitgeist of holiday movies yeah, as can but be. But I don't want to assume that everyone right. has seen it. I apologize. Like me. Her. I hadn't seen it. Right. Like, I, you know, I have at least tried with the others. So um, the short version is, I'll do it now, because <laughs> you haven't Googled it already, <laughs> that this kid Ralphie is, uh, is the Christmas season. And it centers on this kid Ralphie, narrated by his older self. And it's a mixture of old memories and, and events as they happen. As he focuses on the thing he wants this year, like any kid has that thing they want. The Red Rider, Rider BB gun, and, uh, and that's that's just a you know very slice of life nostalgia film. So anyway, there's your description. My apologies. <laughs> I love all his friends that seem like forty year olds in kids' bodies. Like, what does your old man know about nothing? I don't know. Like, I see. I think it was the clothing helping with that, right? And that also kids always emulate the way adults speak. No, that's for, yeah. And you know, <laughs> these were adults from an older time. Right. You you have this like projection of what adult speak is, like how yeah. people conduct themselves, and yeah. just the idea that, like the the uh, bullies are such like. <laughs> they look like goons from a '40s noir, like a bad '40s noir, like. It, it no such thing. Shut your mouth. No, you're right. You're completely right. The little kid, like what? What was his uh, Grover, Grover with that Gil. little the, the, the Ir- yeah yeah the Irish cap and the the leather jacket, and he looks like this little bomber dude. Like yeah. it was great. Then when, he, when Ralphie turns the tables and is beating up the bully, the actual bully, 
and Dill is the, the lackey is standing there, just like jaw on the floor. Oh my god! Hey, hey, hey! hey, hey. Like he doesn't on the shoulder. He doesn't like fight him or get in there. Right. He's just so astounded. He gets pushed hey. over and just, uh, just gives up. I'm like, all right, I'm out. It's like the, the gods bleed. That that was the yeah. moment he realized, like, oh god, I've been following along with this because I thought this guy couldn't be beat. Yeah, it just took one dude in glasses getting pissed off. And the little touchstone moment of like the little brother grabbing his glasses to protect yeah, them, and that then... you get a few moments there, not a whole lot. He doesn't focus on the two of them too much, of just that despite everything, and they're they're constant bickering. You know, no, Alfie, I was here first. Right. And he tugs his brother out of the way to get dressed first or whatever. <laughs> right. They're they're good to each other. Yeah, you they know, care he, about he each other. He gets the glasses when he. I can't get up. I'm, there's turtle in the snow. Yeah. Ralphie goes back and puts his books down, right. picks him up, and brushes him off and. And then when you he's know. in the cupboard, he's like, Dad's going to kill, kill Ralphie. Ralphie. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's so sweet. It is. And then Ralphie falls asleep with his BB gun pointed at his brother. <laughs> <laughs> like. that's, that's, those, are the little, those are the things, I think, I've never had any self-awareness. From talking to people who have, and both of you can do this better than I can, mm-hmm. that those are the kinds of things that build the relationship, as it were. That there aren't these big Hollywood moments, but just that it's the constant, like, you grew up with each other, you bicker a lot, but like when it, when something happens, like you step in and you're sort of. Well, that's the thing. It's like half. no one messes with my siblings, but, but me. me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like uh, <laughs> I pick on them. You can't. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like as I get older, the more I realize no one had my childhood, <laughs> but my sister. No one else can relate so specifically to our experience mm-hmm. than her. So it's it's like you remember the oh yeah I remember that shit like. We had the same childhood. It's just a really interesting dynamic. And it, it's it's not always those tender moments, but there are tender mm-hmm. moments. And it's a lot of me being a shitty older brother, like playing Mario Kart and never letting her win. She's always Luigi. Like this, this whole, like, why you, I'm sorry, Green Ma- Mario. Why don't you remember my name, Mom? <laughs> like just perpetually second player. Like... It, it, this is a really good kind of snapshot of that like really intimate nuclear sibling relationship. I like that a lot. You know, one of the things that I, that I noticed too, and this happens a lot with, I think, a lot of older stuff, is that there's this sense of time moving slower. And I almost wonder if a lot of it has to do with like a lack of technology. Because it's so easy to like fill time. Like, like when you watch an evening a scene that takes place throughout the in evening, you know, like from after school till bedtime. It just seemed like forever, you know. And then that's what I remember like as a kid. You know, it's like you came home from school and like you had you had so much time. Now yeah. I mean granted that to be fair you know, you got home at like three as opposed to getting home at five. Right. But it's like you know, I feel like you had an eternity before you had to go to bed. Even as a kid, like right. when you went to bed earlier. Yeah. Whereas now I get home I'm like fuck, I have so much shit to do before I have to go to sleep yeah. and get a few hours of sleep before I have to get up at six and start all over again. Right. And, like, I think a lot of it maybe has to do with, yeah, lack of, of technology. It's like, what did you do? It's like, well, you don't have a phone to just get on and sit on the couch and veg out for three hours. So it's like, okay, oh, okay, my favorite radio show is coming on at this time, 6.15, 6.45, 645 yeah. The, you know, so it's like, okay, I have till then, and then I got to do this. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of built your, maybe that's part of it, too, or things that, that happened at a certain time. You had to build your life around that. Well, I'm going to get my homework done before 6.45 right. and then I'm going to do this and then we're going to eat dinner and then we're going to, you know, maybe sit around and maybe I'll read a book. And it was just like this sense of, yeah, having all this time in the world and now it's just like I, I, I'd love to be able to get 
one of the five things done I'm trying to do every night after work, you know? And I think that's one of the things that makes me not like, it's not like a specific nostalgia, but it's just like, oh man, like what would it be like to just come home and be like, I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll read a book for a little while before yeah, I make dinner, comics, you know, and then, oh, and then we'll, you know, we'll make dinner and then maybe we'll, we'll sit around for a few hours before we have to go to bed. It's like, no, fuck that. We're eating dinner at nine o'clock and you're like, oh, hurry up and digest so I can go to bed. You know, like <laughs> something else the film really nailed, especially as a kid was that your world basically revolves around the people you know and focus on, mm -hmm. and everyone else is background. And that happens in a lot of films, that obviously characters, who, people who aren't characters, are just in the background. But like as a kid, that felt so much truer. Mm -hmm. There were always these other people that were just sort of there, and they yeah. filled the world. You know, and the, the cashier girl at, at, the, at, the, at the grocery store existed for as long as it took us to get our groceries, and right. then stopped existing. But that Santa was one of the few times in the year you had to acknowledge the existence of these people. That they became more real. Waiting in line for something. Mm -hmm. That was like the Santa. most stressful... The unwashed masses were pressed upon you. <laughs> and I'm sure the, the kid in front of him, I, I, I shouldn't be as irritated by it, because he, he seemed like he, he might have been autistic. Like he had a specific... Like he was on the spectrum or something. Mm -hmm. But like, the teeth, and like, right in his face, and like, I like Santa. Yeah. Like... I I'm, had kids like that that were just like on you like yeah. it was mm -hmm. it was that sequence was so and like the, the the witch coming by the witch coming by and yeah. the dad who says about the line like that's the most interaction Ralphie has with anyone who isn't a right. teacher a parent one of his friends like yeah. and that was that was so real growing up yeah, yeah when I was a kid oh, I, I legit oh, thought for oh. a long, really long time I was the only person who was real thank you <laughs> and, like every, yeah everyone else was just like was just yeah like like side actors and, yeah. and I remember like when I would come across people who would have like interesting things to say I was like wow who wrote their dialogue like, that was that was brilliant <laughs> like, I, wow I, that was that was really you know, the right amount of random that it actually thought like it was another person's yeah. individual thought not just something scripted by someone would to make me think would you get the realization that, that there was other people continue to be people when they're yeah. not around see I had that growing up like walking past other people's houses and thinking about them going in and having where their TV was, right. and where their couch was in their bed, and like their toys and stuff, and the paintings on the wall. Like mm -hmm. thinking of like, there's this whole row of houses on my block. I only know this one. Like yeah. there are all these like, like thinking of the dollhouse cross section of like how everything is. That blew my mind. The idea that there were all these like micro communities within houses. Mm -hmm. Like, other people also had underwear drawers. <laughs> Holy smokes, it's the fire department and the cops. Why was that necessary? Just get a glass of water and get the dude unstuck. That was totally unnecessary. Right, so in all seriousness, is that, like, just a glass of room temperature water will do it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it just I, loosens it up. Because well, it's, it's formed ice. So if you have water, that will it melt breaks it, it yeah. up. So like, like if you hold a ice cube under the faucet, it melts. Because I've stuck you, my tongue to an ice cube before, but because sticks. you're indoors, like right. there's enough ambient heat that yeah, it starts to melt. It doesn't right. last very long. But if you're outside, yeah, all you need to do is have something raise the temperature enough so that that ice melts. Yeah. You didn't need a whole fucking fire hose. Which, by the way, like the water wouldn't have been warm coming out of a fire truck. Right. Like what the fuck? Here, three ways to remove a tongue from a stuck from a frozen. See, this surface. is what they didn't have. Yeah, <laughs> right. The phone that you immediately look at. I, I sometimes you know. Step I, one: remain calm. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Stop. Stop. That, I feel no, like that, wasn't a, that was a real 
stunt. Like that yeah. kid's tongue was like stuck they told to that kid, that. "No, it won't stick. Just do it." You know, and it'll be he fine. just that was so genuine. So cup fear. your hands around your mouth and tongue, but don't touch your hands to the metal. And then you know, oh, so you can a, warm it up. Puff a the tongue yeah. onto the yeah. the pole to warm the pole up. That's one method. Pour warm liquid. Yeah, warm the pole onto the surface. Really, it took you that long. Or, <laughs> or yeah, pour warm, warm liquid. Or call nine one one. Oh God! What are they gonna? How are you gonna talk to them? Yeah. I, my tongue is stuck to a flagpole. Like, what, I, sir? I don't, I don't I, understand your accent. I know you said earlier, Scott, that you're glad that they're glad that there isn't a remake of this, but I kind of want there to be like a parody remake. <laughs> no, no, a remake would be fine. I meant okay. like if a, a lot of films cut. we get like Don Darko, we had the two. Oh, cuts, right, right, right. Okay. And people argue. Because, yeah. like, I'm so very attached to every inch of this film that yeah. I would probably be torn. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never be able to pick one. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Just the, the existence of two would prevent me from picking one. Yeah. A re- remake would be interesting for, like, the digital age. Remake? Yeah. Get the phone out. Like, yeah, like, like, like oh, it's stuck. Like, okay, all the kids pull out their phones and wiki that. And, like, okay, They're just pour even, some... No, they would Snapchat. That's what yeah, it is. It's on right. you. Yeah. You're about to go viral, man. <laughs> like... It'd probably be awful, but it'd be worth a watch, I feel like. Okay, I have... We have to... Let's just talk about it and get it out of the way. Okay. I was so happy. <laughs> like, when the dogs come in and eviscerate the, the turkey, I'm like, okay, where are they going to go? We're going to go out to eat. They go to a Chinese food restaurant. And I was like, yay! And then, oh, God. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's hilarious. Yeah, they're always open on Christmas. That makes sense. And then Tim said, you're not going to be happy because it's super racist. And it is super racist. It reminded me, okay, I watched the second Nightmare on Elm Street. And they have a cereal called Fu Manchus. (laughs) Oh, my God. Which is probably the most racist thing I have ever seen on film. So this paled in comparison to that moment, but it's pretty racist. What the cereal? What? It's just a box. It's just a box with a bad Fu Manchu drawing, and you bought the the thing in the the Fu Manchu claws were the the, um, prize at the bottom of the box. So that seems so weird to me for them to just arbitrarily stuff into their film. Like, I... The joke is that, wouldn't it be funny if this stereotypical accent sang a Christmas carol? That's what the joke is. And the the head waiter guy is saying, no, you should sing it like this because his accent is slightly better. So the joke is, your accent is ridiculous. That's what it is. So it's shitty. It's not great. It's a product of a time, but it came out in the 80s, so it's still pretty messed up at that point. As far as I can tell, Fu Manchu's was just made for that damn movie. It was. No, it didn't actually exist. That's so arbitrary. I could see them inserting a real cereal onto their kitchen scene and just, oh, it happens to be what's available. No, that was bad. We need to watch... That that movie has the greatest homosexual undertones. It's not even... It's it's overtones. The whole (laughs) thing. It's the gayest movie of all time and it does not hurt the film at all. It's, it's, It's amazing. I love it so much. Um, but anyway, yeah, so they're sitting, three of the, the people who work in the restaurant are sitting, yeah. accent, and the, the owner's accent is better, and he's, right. he clearly understands the issue at hand, and right. he's trying to explain it to them. But it, it, it's just, it's a, it's a bad note in a good song, know, but, like, but, that's how it feels yeah. like. Yeah, and not to, not, to necess- not to defend anything as not racist, because it is, right. no, but it to is. defend it as, in 1940. Right, that's the thing. Is, that's what you probably would have found. In a Chinese restaurant. No, that's fair. And, and that brings up the constant argument between 
a, a film made for entertainment, how much does it have to stay with historical accuracy right. at the expense of modern sensibilities right. and yada yada yada? But, but it, it yeah, it, the one part of the film that feels uncomfortable today. Yeah, that that's I, I just, it's out there. That's yeah. all I wanted to say about well, it. Well, and and I think for me, like the one kind of saving grace is it's not, it's not hateful. No, it's you know, just like it's, it's yeah, it's not meant to. It's not like they're you know portraying them as like shitty Idiots, people right. you know oh, yeah. and, and i think even the fact it like just, they happen to have accents right they're foreign right. like it's, it's what it is yeah well and even that thing like the one saving grace of there is the one guy who who doesn't quite have the right. accent so he can you know so it's like okay it's like, like you guys are making us look bad like yeah th- that's the you know the, don't the, don't yeah don't play into the stereotype we're not all you know <laughs> right. and it's like and at least they include that little bit that it's just Go like we're not saying food. <laughs> you know we're not saying you know every person from china still has this accent you know, but and you even know. then, the joke isn't even, you know, again, it's not that the, that the accent means anything about them, but it's that the mom and the kids find it funny mm-hmm. because it's it's this odd way of speaking that they really haven't heard otherwise. It's right. startling to them, and and the startling, you know, the, oh, it's so different. Like it makes them funny, and so they're laughing and trying not to laugh, and like, and then the duck comes out with the head still on, and the mom's like <laughs> laughing harder but trying right. not to. So she pretends to be to crying, right. and the dad goes, uh, "It's smiling," and he makes up a reason that right. she's she's having fits in the other and chair. He just chops the head off. Oh, that's a great oh, better, comic you know? book. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's what, one of the things I love, too, is, like, after he cuts the head off, like, they all applaud, and it's, like, everyone's happy. It's kind of like this yeah. this weird, they like, clap, like interaction yeah, between, between these two races that don't really kind because of know about each other's culture. The but time, they're like, yay, Merry Christmas. Yeah. We're having a good and the time. whole time, you know, they're trying to like, stifle their laughter because yeah. they don't want to be rude. Right. You know? Yeah. They're like, no, no. They just, they're from a different place. They talk differently. We're not going to laugh at them. Yeah. Like, Yeah. I mean, you saw the kids' school. Like, it was all a bunch of, I think it was, like, one black girl. Everyone else was, like, white. You know, so it's, like... So yeah, I've caught you know, of course, seeing like, oh, okay, I didn't even, you know. I never noticed the black girl. We're yeah, she's about, to be honest. She drops off her theme paper before Ralphie does. Mm. That's like the you see the back mm. of yeah. her pigtails, yeah. and she's in the background. I think at the the flagpole too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. The just the the tempo, I guess, by which it's the we go from it's smiling to oh, okay thunk yeah like there's <laughs> quickly, no yep. there's no build up there's no hesitation right. he has to like go back to the kitchen to get a cleaver it's just the cleaver was on the chopping yeah. block yep. so we just shunk, thunk oh, it startles the audience as much as the family it's brilliantly done brilliantly paced then you I know. love how the kid refers to this like that was the year we were introduced to Chinese turkey like he doesn't know what <laughs> it's a duck, duck. Is. like <laughs> but like the, I get the feeling that even if they do because the parents do that becomes their family joke right, right? Yeah. of like remember that Christmas that we had Chinese turkey because it was <laughs> right. the bird in the Chinese restaurant because the dogs ate their turkey it's surrounded by the memory of the the greater event for them see and this is something that gets referenced in another like the the Santa Claus movie right he burns the turkey and they go it's Denny's like burn a turkey and the guy's got like a burned bandaged hand and he oh. listed like the sad dad with like sad divorced dad with their kids on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve <laughs> like that trope I think started with this is the idea that the turkey didn't work out Something there's happened. only specific yeah, places out. open yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a great line from the set class where it's like like chocolate milk please we're out plain milk's fine it's just the saddest <laughs> line of all time just like all i wanted from this shitty night was chocolate milk <laughs> couldn't get it 
I think it's also interesting to, sh- to show that progression of, you know, now that the thing is Denny's. Like, it used to be Chinese food because, well, they're not celebrating Christmas. Right. They're not Christian. And now it's like, well, no, we have Denny's. We force a bunch of people who may or may not be Christian to just work on Christmas right. because we're not going to miss out on money. You know, like that sort of changeover where back then that's all, the only option right. you had they was to, to find a restaurant. went to the stuff that was open, and the stuff that was open was the Jewish delis and the Chinese restaurants right. because it was the people who, for whom Christmas was just Thursday. Right, right. yeah. And, but yeah, but nowadays, more recent, it's just like, no, yeah, we're open on Christmas. Get to fucking work. You know, it's like, we don't give a shit, you know, like. I'm eternally grateful for places that are open on yeah. Christmas, though. Yeah. Like, when, oh, I always hated this. Parents would get the toy, but they wouldn't buy the fucking batteries. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to Walgreens. Like, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? You know what really helped about having a birthday one month before Christmas? Mm. Was there was a battery surplus from the birthday. I see. They'd just go on, like, you know, the first week of December and just buy bulk batteries. And they'd go into all the birthday gifts that had been sitting idle for a week. Oh. And then they'd stick around for Christmas. <laughs> We, the paycheck so hit, even, we can buy you the thing, but we can't get you the power. So that even thing. on my birthday, if there were no batteries, they'd be there soon enough, and then they'd stay. You know, it wouldn't happen for Christmas. But but I, I remember when it was such a big deal that certain toys started including batteries. Right. Uh, separately in the package. Mm-hmm. It was like, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that was like, like, we're living in the future moment. As yeah. a child, like, batteries come with things. The future is now. <laughs> Or you get like the tablet or the phone or stuff, and you have to plug it in and let it charge for four yeah. hours before you play with it. Like, how do you guys like? I still twenty eight. God, I'm twenty eight, but oh, I'm I can't sleep. Ugh, fuck you, I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> but I still can't sleep from excitement. Like even having credits, a job when and credits stuff. roll, the old man. Because the dad in the film is credited as the, the old, old man. man. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. No, please. Yeah. I just, I You're still, Ralphie. I'm Randy. <laughs> I still can't get to sleep. Like I'm too. Like yeah. No matter how tired and stuff I am. Too excited for I'm Christmas. I'm just like too excited for it. Just that that excitement is still so yeah. much a part of that night for me. I don't like. Yeah. And that's that's really interesting too, because like I I feel like I still I also feel the same way. Maybe not as extreme. But but I, I also I don't give a shit about New Year's Eve anymore. So like that right. part yeah. that part has like come and gone because with my twenties. Excitement you know. was I get to stay up late and now it's or, like Or no, cares? I get to go to a party and maybe make out with someone once that's the ball fair. drops. When you know? you're older, sure. Yeah, like it like in my twenties, but that's what that's what I'm saying. It's like now it's like you know, like the the Christmas excitement from my childhood has still maintained, but right. like uh, yeah, New Year's has kind of peaked and then fallen off. Like I well, fuck it. It's right. ten, let's just go to bed. That's yeah. the thing, like, New Year's always felt like the adult thing. Like, they get to stay up late and they get to go drink and have this thing. Like, yeah. it always felt like, okay, when I'm this age, I'll enjoy this thing. Yeah. And it had a very short shelf life. Yeah, and then you're an adult that. and you're like, fuck this, I have to go to work tomorrow. I hate this. <laughs> New Year's, especially when I, if I go to California for Christmas and New Year's, mm-hmm. like, it's it's back an hour, so it's, by 11, I feel like it's midnight. Right. Well, one hour's not super bad, right. but, like, my flight was also inevitably delayed. Right. So instead of I got in at two a.m. you know for a flight that I got up at eight a.m. to get to the airport right. for and like and I and I just I'm not recovered by the time New Year's comes around. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, I feel like by New Year's comes, I'm like I'm all holidayed out. Like yeah. I've gone to the six family things. I've had the dinner. Like so we watch the live drop at nine p.m. three hours ahead in New York. Nice. And then we like go to bed. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like. Christmas morning is still like the coolest thing. I I don't know, I nothing else is that. I mean, okay, the days the new Star Wars movies hit theaters. That's <laughs> that's 
that's as exciting as Christmas. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's such it's sustained all these years, and I, I, the fact that I get things that I wanted that I didn't have to pay for, <laughs> like. <laughs> well, what, what I find great about it too is that like, like through the years I've kind of analyzed like how my I guess my relationship to Christmas has evolved and and it's really interesting how like certain things kind of fall away certain things have changed you know and it, but but yeah like there's still like like I obviously don't believe in Santa anymore you know I um don't believe in the other guy so it's like you know like 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 so like pieces of this have kind of like fallen away but there's still part it's like and and you know and, and maybe that's part of it is like and you know along with my whole I think with like metaphor and, and myth and everything is that like you know it's 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 about the myth and it's about i think like the the symbols of christmas kind of in and of themselves you know like i like a tri- christmas tree not because it symbolizes anything spiritual it's just pretty to look at yeah, yeah. I, yeah i like having a tree i like having lights i like having you know like oh like paper snowflakes those look really cool you know and you know part of it's nostalgia remembering making those as a kid um I like the little. Did you ever make the chains as a kid, where it's like yeah, you know, down the, to the, Christmas. yeah, like the little construction paper links you make. No, but we well, have a like convenience store advent calendar. Right. Yeah. Those. Yeah. Chocolate. Advent yeah. calendar. Yeah. You know, it's like that you, you is know, the you best had... fucking chocolate. <laughs> one of these years, I'm gonna get one of the Lego advent calendars. I have one. Oh, I have a Star Wars one. Nice. It's awesome. My best friend's son had one. I think a year or two ago, and he was like showing it to me. I was like, "Can we? Can we play with this? Can we, can we just open the rest of them right now?" <laughs> I was like, "No, no, don't ruin the kids' Christmas." <laughs> what's great about it is like each day is a little thing you build. It's not like getting smaller pieces to a bigger thing. Right. It's like these little. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> but, but yeah, but it's 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 really interesting, and I I've almost I've started to find that I've come to the other end of the religious aspect of it, where I can appreciate it. Um, because I can kind of, I guess, pick and choose the nice parts of it, you know, and be like, like, hey, this is the core of this thing that was good before stupid humans ruined it and said that this person stood for all of the things that they hate about other people, you know? And it's like, like, I kind of like getting back to that, not in a, in a, in a, in a worshiping sort of way or, you know, but, but just like, like, yeah, like this is, you know, that, that idea of kind of reminding us to be better people and that there was... There was this, you know, person that a lot of people look to to be like, this is an ideal of, of what we should be and, you know, what your actual beliefs are about that person. Like that idea of like, hey, here's a story about a guy who said like, hey, stop being so shitty to other people. And that somehow people take what he said and do the exact opposite with it, you know, and it's like, you know, maybe there's a hope that those people can have this renewed sense of Oh yeah, that's right. He said not to be a dick to other people. Oh, that oh, I always forget that part, you know, and and it's so, it's so yeah. So it's interesting to kind of go through, you know. I, I think in the last podcast I referred to myself as a recovering uh, uh, Catholic, you know, and it's like, and it's like, you know, for a while there was a lot of anger associated with it, you know, and you know you go through that rebellious stage and you almost want to boycott Christmas because you're like, I don't like what this stands for. And it, but as you get older, you're like, like fuck it, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna pick and choose what I want out of this, you know. It's like, and that's the the joy of not being entrenched in it is like well I have if you believe one part you have to believe any other part you can't ignore the parts that contradict any of the parts you believe because then the whole thing starts to fall it's just like yeah like that part's stupid but I really like that part that's nice that makes me feel yeah let's take that and and you kind of cultivate your own version of what Christmas is you know or at least I have you know it's like I like like I said I like the tree and I like the lights but I don't like the tinsel I don't need the ornaments you know like and it's I think it's it's okay and it's nice to do that and not to you know sort of that's one of the advantages I've seen of getting older 
and I, you know, someday if I do have kids, I know that that's going to be a part of it too, where you get to create this magic for your kids in this experience. But for me as an adult without kids, it's like, how do, how do I enjoy these holidays? And I think that's part of it is you have to like focus on, you know, the partial nostalgia. But I know that also like, as you start kind of becoming disillusioned, much like Ralphie, when he did the secret code with the, you know, be sure to drink your Ovaltine, like that was it. He just dropped his pencil and walked away from that Dakota pen, you know? And I feel like you do that sometimes with traditions. You're like, wait, this is what this actually is? Oh, fuck that. Like, right. and, and you need to come away from it for a while. But then like, there are times where you can come back to it like with your own understanding. It's like, I don't have to enjoy this as what your understanding of this is. I can kind of enjoy it with my understanding of what it is. And, and, and then it's nice, you know? And See, I do that too. I get that jaded Charlie Brown thing of like, this is such a commercial thing, right? Yeah. Like, for, for Macy's to have decided that the day after Thanksgiving is officially Christmas season, right? right yeah. The idea that, like, and I mean, I Black Friday shop and I Cyber Monday shop because I'm cheap and I want stuff. And there's Black sale, Friday right? weekend and Cyber Week. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, and I, I benefit Starts from now. <laughs> it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. And then, like, right after Halloween, you get Christmas shit up. And, like, yeah. the fact that it just keeps growing and growing and the, the whole, like, war on Christmas bullshit, like, that... That whole ir- there's these irritating things of it, and like I like Christmas music, but I don't like it for the whole fucking month. Cause like the radio station that the second it's midnight on Thanksgiving, it's mm-hmm. like now we're Non-stop Christmas all the Christmas. time. Yeah. Like, and I always was frustrated. Like any like growing up, I don't want I want to listen to AC fucking DC during December. Why? <laughs> why? They have a Christmas song. It's great. It's called Mistress for Christmas. But like, it's one song. <laughs> Like, it's, it's amazing. It's so good. But, like, there's those little... Uh, here I was thinking about Thunderstruck. Christmas! But that's the thing. Like, you kind of get to pick and choose the thing. And, like, I really enjoy... Christmas. It's kind of frustrating to do, like, Thanksgiving and have to put up lights and stuff on the the day after Thanksgiving because yeah, it's like... Do it when you want. It's like in yeah. your face, but it's like that's when we're all together and it's like this... this right. You have to fucking do that. But with, like, Christmas, I like going to my folks' house and staying the night and waking up with them. Mm-hmm. And we have a tradition where instead of doing turkey for um, Christmas Day, we get take-and-bake pizza. Nice. And we get to have that for our meal, which is awesome. Yeah. You like, don't have to base nothing. Like, it's, yeah. it's self-contained. Like, it's... I really enjoy those traditions. <laughs> I just... Like, started with... Yeah, my especially after Dad moved away, my mom and I would... would well, yeah, that came for Christmas usually, but um, only three of us anyway. Mm-hmm. So we never we didn't usually get a turkey because right. Thanksgiving was the yeah. turkey. We'd do something else, you know, some chicken. But we we'd use our grill nice. <laughs> because it's still in California, so yeah, there's no steak. snow. But yeah, exactly, <laughs> <Throw> grilled <laughs> steaks. Yeah. Like that was our Christmas. What grilled meat we got this year? <laughs> That's something like the pizza thing was uh, something we just floated out as. And I, my sister had said like, "Why don't we do this?" And my mom was like, "That's a let's do that." Yeah. We never thought yeah. mom nice would go for that. Like, yeah. It was just such a great, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't feel like an imposition or frustrating, like, to go out there for that. Because, like, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that time. Like, I, yeah. and it doesn't have to be, like you said, you get to kind of pick and choose and frame what Christmas is for you, yeah. like, what the holidays mean <clears throat> for you. And that's... That, that's another thing interesting, too. I feel like, as a kid, when you would hear about that stereotype of, like, oh, it's Thanksgiving, it's time for everyone to fight, like, that was never a thing until like me and my sisters started getting old enough to have our own political opinions that our right. aunts and uncles disagreed with and all of a sudden now i get it now we're all fighting okay good right. good i'm glad okay this is what it this is what this is now you know and uh 
but yeah oh and another thing i thought of when you mentioned the christmas music it made me think of um speaking of other you know new christmas traditions we've started is that my my wife doesn't really like watching movies and like christmas movies but she loves the office so our new tradition that we do is we wa- go through and watch the christmas episodes That's of awesome. the office and maybe think of the one with dwight where he's like knocks all the stuff out <laughs> this is christmas music he's playing the Trans-Siberian Trans-Siberian and then all the guys are playing like air drums and guitar and everything. It's like, yep, that's Christmas. Oh, Benny Hanna Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh Moroccan Christmas. A Moroccan Christmas. Christmas is Christmas. Who's that black Santa for? <laughs> Stanley just goes on. I know what Santa looks like. I gave Stanley tickets to Louis Black. I don't think that was good for anybody. <laughs> huh. And the, the one with uh, with the snowball fight between oh my Dwight. god so sinister when, oh. when they're my favorite part is when they're finally leaving and the lights flicker he's like oh, you ever seen him do that before <laughs> <laughs> just so it's the one time Dwight really really gets it. oh god like, and you see him on the roof there. watching him the greatest the greatest snowball is fear <laughs> Merry Christmas everyone <laughs> welcome to this advertisement for <laughs> the office. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that I think that's the, the 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 main takeaway I found for me is like you know, to to make these things your own, you know, and, and you know enjoy the things you like, and yeah, when, as you get older and you can start altering things, like do that, like you know, and I, I always see people like yeah when they get older and they they start to become miserable, it's like oh we have to do this, we have to do that, and or even like as as a kid it wasn't like that it was miserable, but like we had you know we have a big family and lots of aunts and uncles on both sides and you know especially when i was younger you know we still had all four grandparents and you know so we would like have to go to both sets of grandparents houses on christmas day and right. and it was always super busy because you wake up christmas morning you're like i want to open my presents so like all right put them down we have to go visiting like i just got all this right. cool stuff i want to play with <laughs> and it's like you know you knew you were going to get more cool stuff so it was right. like okay but uh but yeah and then like at one point um because my dad was a firefighter he had to work one christmas so we did our family stuff christmas eve and then that became a new tradition where that was just what happened even you know regardless it was just like you know we would do christmas eve and you know and we would get like i remember one year like my mom got this like sort of pre-made lasagna so we had lasagna for christmas dinner you know and you know it was great to kind of have like our own little christmas eve celebration that wasn't like okay it's this time we gotta go to grandma's you know right. it was like oh look it's like we you can know take our time yeah and... like we have the whole evening and you really get to spread christmas out that way because then christmas day like that's for the grandparents houses but you get your own christmas it would open all our presents that night and there'd be like stocking stuffers in the next morning and like oh this is the stuff santa brought you we'll give you this stuff that's from us today right. you know that type of thing so it was nice you still had a few things christmas morning but you got to get all that excitement of I got all this cool stuff to play with and kind of get it out of your system. And, you know, maybe that's why, yeah, we probably slept a lot better back then. So it was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm going to get some stuff, but I already have this stuff. There's less anticipation. But I like that this discussion of this movie has been less about movies and more about Christmas tradition. Like, that's, yeah. that's what this that's movie what the film's is. About. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Like, mm-hmm. we, a, we talked about musicals. It's a rose-tinted look at Christmas tradition. Yeah. Not even Christmas tradition. It's a rose-tinted look at the family tradition yeah. of that particular type of childhood. <laughs> yeah. Makes me happy. Like, not, not, like I feel yeah. after watching this, like, now I'm ready for the Christmas season. Like, this, yeah. I'm wanting to go and put up my tree, and I want to do... Oh, oh. No, no, seriously. That's three. Three. <laughs> if you're, you're keeping track at home, that's your third shot. 
of Christmas cheer. <laughs> I guess that it, it's looking up at Santa, and as he says it, the boot moves into view, right, yeah. and eventually you becomes all you can see. <laughs> I have to say, so for then, for, for, he goes. for Ralphie to have stopped mid slide, oh yeah, the that way was impressive. Did, I want to know Just how like, many takes uh, that was yeah. because that is difficult. Yeah, that kid acts his ass off. Yes, yeah. yeah. every, every kid. No, that's true. Show. But him especially, his facial. Reactions to stuff, and you see, like yeah. when he's daydreaming. That's those are yeah. another; those are other sequences we should talk about. The idea of like imagining the daydream, right? Yeah. His his yeah. Uh, teacher as a, a witch. The first time like the mom Victoria. says, "You'll shoot your eye out," and he thinks, "Oh, you know, I'll show them when when the the criminals are coming, and my BB gun is the only thing standing between them and doom." And Comes out as rhinestone cowboy, <laughs> all over the kitchen table, dressed in old western gear. The bandits yeah. are climbing through the backyard, yeah. you know. The commitment of the adult actors to those little kid fantasies is, mm-hmm. yeah. is, is what makes it. like. Yeah. Oh, Ralphie, you've got to save us, right. you know, because that's what the kid imagines. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was, man. was there a villain called Bart? Black Bart from his... The, the whole Red Rider Black Bart radio program. Okay, so that's also Woody's villain in Toy Story is One-Eyed Bart. That's who he makes Mr. Potato Head out to be. So... Um, Woody is Red Rider, I guess. Yeah, sure. yeah, just you know the, the 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 cowboy and villain, Bart. Yeah, this is an odd name for. Puffs in the stock and a thin that tells time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a watch? It's a sundial. It turns out. Oh, that's what it's about. Oh, the guns, okay. uh, in history, and in the display, there are two different models, three models, but the the Red Rider model doesn't come with a compass and a sundial. Okay. It's the model on the display above it. But for the film, they did add a compass and a sundial to oh, his okay. Red Rider gun because that was the whole point of the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how do you use a sundial in a movable object? So you you flip it you and you check the time. Down. You're not like you no. But what I'm still. saying is, you could hold it in any direction and make it say any time. Like that's the whole point no, of the sundial. Why the compass is there, so you know which end of the. Oh, sundial. so you have to oh, hold it facing okay. north and then that. Oh, okay. I'm glad you. I would not have put those two things together what if they were on opposite sides of the stock <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck wait wait hold <laughs> on you just figured out which way north is and you know, and then you flip it yeah. in the meantime you shoot your friend i was just trying to check the time <laughs> oh man this was good i'm i'm, yeah. I'm so glad yeah. to have yeah. seen this i'm glad you liked it yeah because it was i think it's worth mentioning that our white male American middle class upbringings are the square in the bullseye target for this movie. <laughs> this is who yeah. this is for. But, uh, but yeah, we like it. Yeah. <laughs> Sue us. <laughs> we like something aimed at us. I mean, I, what, what do we expect? Yeah. It's not a stretch. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, We can bring you into the fold now, Joel, with endless references. <laughs> Shoot your eye out. But that's the thing, like like I said, the things that are infinitely quotable about mm-hmm. it aren't my favorite parts of it, because no. I've heard of Agnosium. No. Like, but they're just the parts we have to yeah. quote, you know? <laughs> it's a crummy commercial. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> Bumpuses! <laughs> but I didn't say fudge. Didn't say fudge. <laughs> that one hit me, like, oh, right oh, oh, All of those things. Four. Is, yeah. uh, you know, those are the quotes. <laughs> I didn't say fudge. It, that also, just the... The editing in this movie is superb. It is. The timing really is. for everything. We mentioned the timing for the... Oh, the voiceovers. The the, yeah. But yes, the way the voiceovers were cut in. Yeah. With the facial expressions of the oh, kid God. and everything. I just, yeah. All of it is spot on. Just, and the pacing. Yeah. Like, those little... Yeah. Those 
sped up sequences of the bullies chasing. Just are really yeah. good links that you're like, this is still this happening. This is the walk to yeah. school. Right? I'm from school. And yeah. it doesn't <laughs> bog anything down. Yeah. The bullies are a part of daily life. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's really good. I think one of my one of my favorites, like with the timing of the voiceover, with what's the action that's going on, is when he's like, when his father is first in the basement. Oh no, he's it's when he's outside, and I guess his car froze up or whatever. Yeah. And he's coming in, and he's just like complaining and like rambling on, and there's narration, and it, the minute it comes out, he goes like, "Son of a bitch would freeze up in the middle of summer on the equator," and it's just like everything he said before that like wasn't it's important, lost. but they yeah. like perfectly cut it where it's like okay, this is what you're saying, and then there's this texture of him mumbling, and then boom, here's where he takes center stage. <laughs> I love that, that line about like him being a member of the Church of Osmobile. Like, right. that, Some that, men that, are Catholics, yeah, others right. are Lutheran. Or Baptists. My yeah. father was an Osmobile man. And that that just, it's so early in the, that that was like the moment, like, I'm going to like this. Yeah. Like, it hit me right, yeah. right in, in the feels. I don't know yeah. what it was about that cadence, but it was just like, that, that really set the, the tone really well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Very pleased. Good. We need more schnapps. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a second movie to watch today. We do. Yes. Uh, so it's time for situational movie, movie recommendations. recommendations. Do, 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 do. There it is. <laughs> there <Yeah>. what is? <laughs> there what is? There goes a little bit of Tim's soul. I just watched it fly away. <laughs> the composer is not part of our musical <laughs> our, He's not part of our jingle. <laughs> Sorry, I'll fix it in post. <laughs> uh, too bad Joel's the editing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you said you had one, Scott? Yeah, it's... You're in, prepared for in the keeping thing we're with never my, prepared Yeah, for. in keeping with my theme of not really being situational, but being about the movies. Yeah. Um, what is a film that the the sound design just grabbed you, just jumped out and snatched at you? Oh, shit. If, if you can try... I'm not talking about music uh-huh, or the soundtrack, right. which actually I think probably deserves its own situational recommendation question, but um, just the, the everything else. The which sounds come through louder and which ones don't. The what you do or don't hear every scene. With the the way the sounds are designed and textured and what they are. And I see the Matrix flashing before. I mean, that would be. I'm trying to think of another one. I mean, it is the answer. But that'd be fair. And I know we we set the rule that I can't reference the Matrix anymore. But I'm going to say because we're still in the same (laughs) month of when the Matrix episode airs and calendar year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Starting in January. No more Matrix. Yes, go for it. Um, I mean, the sound design of the Matrix is great. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Like, and what's really cool too is like, um, like I recently actually purchased the the score. Like, um, you know, for the longest time, it's like you know I, I own all the soundtracks, on, you know, on on CD and everything. But it's just like you know, and, and when I, uh, you know, before I had previously done an arrangement for marching band of music from the Matrix, and I had to do it all by ear. And I recently got the music, and just to see like all the little details that I missed but then also on top of that it's just like well where's this sound like oh that's part of the sound design like what about this sound that's part of the sound design you know and and you know even you know watching it some of the you, some of it you know too but just like the you know scenes like when he he first comes out of the pod you know between like you know him when he's like choking this thing yeah. out of him and then the, the thing drops down and it like all its arms unfurl and it grabs him and it's unscrewing all this stuff and you know it's just like all these little you know these little it just it just makes it so much more organic, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, and they bring that stuff out when we're in reality. You get the mm-hmm. the bowl on the table and the slop in the bowl and the yeah. But mm-hmm. then when we're in the Matrix, you get basically 
the footfalls and the gunshots and everything. Right, yeah, all the away. all the dramatic sort of mm-hmm. cinematic stuff, if you will, you know. But yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Like it really lets you know which world you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, like is it the unimportant stuff we're we're, we're hearing and you know and um, I remember too, like watching in one of the special features, the part where they're saying about the you know liquefied the dead so they can be felt fed intravenously to the living and that like door closes when it shows the in, the little baby in the pod and they were saying about like that funk that it made like uh-huh. they're like we layered so many different sounds on it to get the right it's like a plunger hitting the floor it's this it's that it's all these and just like to come together to make this one sound it's just like you know and i think some of it was even reversed so it had this like build up to the sound cutting off and um but but if i could take scott's role for a minute and throw out you know Two movies. Please, because he likes I to actually do. <laughs> only have one this time. Okay, so I, please I, do. I know what yours is. I have two. I think we've talked about what it. Yours were. So yeah, so, I yeah. think you do know. Well, I think the um the the actually maybe even more so the the Star Wars prequels. I think, um and yeah. again you know again maybe more so because of like seeing them when I'm older when I'm paying more attention to that. Um, plus a few years ago at Comic Con I had gone to. Uh, a panel where it was the the two guys who were in, in charge of the sound design right. for for Lucas films or whatever, oh. and yeah, like and it was you know and and even though you know in the originals yeah you had all these great sound effects like you know there's there's you know different ways I mean they probably still organically make them the same way but then the way they can alter them is so much easier now because everything can be done digitally you don't have to have this physical piece of tape that you're altering or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know it's like yeah you can sample the sound of what was it like. Was it a micro a microphone moving in front of a microwave? The, yeah. the original, like, or a TV making yeah. the, but but now you can take that sound and probably analyze the waveform and recreate it. But now be able to do whatever you want with it, like in the computer. So it's like you know, there's way more lightsaber sounds and way more different types of lightsaber sounds, and um, and learning about a lot of this, a lot of the stuff they did is at least organic at its start. Um, you know, like one of the one of my favorite ones, which my wife loved, is that. Uh, the part when Kylo Ren uses the Force and it's this kind of like low choppy rumble. Yeah. That's one of the guy's cat, cat. pork chop, <laughs> and he took the purr and then like altered it, lowered the pitch, messed it. You know, <laughs> so it's like all of this stuff goes into the. But again, it's organic more so than just plugging wires in a synthesizer and hitting mm-hmm. keys. Like right. you're taking a live recorded sound. This um, lightsaber too is particularly yeah. interesting because it's like this unstable crackling. Yeah. Very like messy not and a, choppy. Not a sharp thrum. Yeah. Yes. Forcibly divided blade, you know. Yeah. Across With vents and shit. Like, yeah. 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 Actually, another one, too. <laughs> I'll do three. There's also <laughs> Lord of the Rings. You know, similar reason. Like, I remember, you know, watching some of those, like, special features. And, like, some of the things they did. Uh, you know, was it the, the Balrog? Like, to get some of his sounds, like the sort of crackling sounds. They had a sheet of plywood with sand. And they dragged a cinder block on it. Oh, to wow. get this really gravelly grinding sound, and then you know, again took that and or altered it digitally, and um, but yeah, it's like it's like any of these big epic movies that are these big epic worlds, like they've definitely put the 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 work in to you know. Oh, I thought of another one, the <laughs> the, the the Star Wars one, um, the uh, what was it the 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 traitor the the stormtrooper yells traitor like his little yeah. baton thing the source for that sound is they put duct tape on a table and ripped it off so that like kind of like ripping snapping yeah. sound that's cool. and that's what they altered to make that sound so yeah yeah a lot of the, a lot of the stuff like that where it's just like okay this thing doesn't exist how do we make a sound for it yeah. you know like those are the things I tend to notice more um, they actually in that panel the Star Wars panel they discuss the one in 
It's episode three where there's the bomb that Django I think is dropping where it like explodes and it's silent. silent. Episode two. Like the dubstep bomb. Yeah. And like they were saying how when they first did that, like someone was in a panic going, There's a mistake. That you you know, you missed the first part of the explosion, you forgot to put the sound in there. Like, no, no, it's supposed to be silent there. It's like this whole delayed effect, and you're like, Oh, okay, that's what's supposed to go, yeah. And someone had asked about that too. They're like, How did you do that sound? Like that was I'm sure lots of people's favorites who like pay attention to sound design. Mm -hmm. Scott, can I guess yours? Yeah. Is it Fury? Yes. What was the other one? Dunkirk. You know, Dunkirk you wanted to see that in... I did see that in IMAX. Yeah. But it, even in IMAX, it didn't grab me the way Fury did. Gotcha. I, like, I noticed it and went, that was right. great sound design, but it didn't... Fury was... And not just me, but everyone I was in the theater with during the moment I'm going to talk about, like, ducked their heads. <laughs> like, as the thing flew over. Yeah. I, it's the... Fury is a World War II film focuses on a tank crew towards the end of the war, an American tank crew, and there are a few combat scenes that are phenomenal. And the first proper one we get is our squadron of tanks four or five of them at this point forms up and cuts across a, uh, a a fortified field with the germans at the far end with machine guns and anti-tank guns and whatnot and uh the infantry they've come with is lined up behind them and the survivors from the first assault like roll out from behind the burned vehicles and stand up and tuck in behind the tanks and eventually the tanks and the german anti-tank guns start dueling and you get the big cannons. And meanwhile, of course, machine guns are firing and guys are ducking out behind the tanks to shoot their rifles. And But that's all sort of background because we're focused on the tank crew. And besides that, when one of those guns goes off, you can't hear anything else. Right. And and they're just, you hear the, the guns going off and the, the fumes venting and the, the shells flying across with that whistling noise that a heavy metal object makes as it goes through the air. And, and there's one in particular a German tank gun fires and the shell ricochets off the roof of one of the turrets on the tank like it just gets a glancing blow and the tank fires the, the gun fires thunk and you get the bang whoosh, and you get the like whining of metal because of the heat of the shell against the cold steel of the tank mm. and where they hit the impact and the shell whistles off as it twirls into the distance as it tumbles from the impact that single moment I, I, I rewatched it countless times trying to capture the movie theater sound system feeling and I can't do it I can't do it and I, I could have sworn that shot was like a good 10 seconds of film of funk ping you know nope it's like a half second it's you know the middle of the fight but that was how impactful that was and the whole rest of that fight you know as shots whirl overhead like I said most people in that theater were instinctively lowering their head as things sailed across you know shells and bullets sailed across our heads and it made me realize that I have never seen Saving Private Ryan in a theater with right. that kind of sound right. and I desperately need to now be terrifying. I mean good god right. you know, I've, I've tried at home I have a really nice pair of surround sound headphones and I can plug them straight into my Playstation controller which plays movies and that was great but it wasn't the same couldn't do it I mean you, you needed hitting the Walls. Yeah, like it, right. It, it just hits your ears. <laughs> it's to come organically from out yeah. there. So, but yes. So Fury. So I think mine is probably. Uh, I'll probably do two. Blade Yay! Runner. The time I don't do two, everyone else does. <laughs> I love it. Blade Runner is yeah. really good. Mm. The the echoey. When when Deckard is, inter doing the test on Rachel, mm -hmm. the echo in that room, is so crisp and perfect and eerie 
and sets it up so well. Like that, I, I love that. Because it's the, the camera is pulled back to at such a distance that the echo that you're hearing is where your perspective is watching these two across this giant table. Mm-hmm. And this, it just adds so much to that. Um, and the, the cascading broken glass as um, the one um, replicant Zora's Zora shot and falls down. through the yeah. glass and oh, glass and glass. Right, I love that. And the scene before that, because you've got the busy city street. Yeah, as it's moving Cross through. Now. Cross yeah. now. Cross yeah. now. Don't walk. Yeah. And then when he fires, you hear the gunshot and just the breaking glass. Everything else fades away in the moment as Deckard zeroes in and retires yeah. the replicant. Yeah. Also, um, Sons of the Lambs, there's more subtlety to it. What I'm specifically thinking of is spoilers for this buffalo of bill with his night vision goggles chasing clarice through the house and the, the quietness and his breath mm-hmm. over the top of it is just this really yeah. eerie effect and just so meticulously placed and well it, it contributes to the atmosphere of terror so well in that film that that's really great and i think i have what was the third one i was thinking of just alien I, I considered Alien, but I can't I, remember specific. In the vein of that, you mentioned him. The mm-hmm. that doesn't exist to make a sound for it. Yeah. Sci-fi and whatnot and fantasy always has a tough job for sound design. Yeah. They have to, they do it or they don't. You know, it's a very, right. very all or nothing. But yeah, Alien, I thought was maybe going to be your second one. I like that we keep thinking of Silence of the Lamb and Alien in the same conversation. It makes <laughs> yeah. me really happy. Because <laughs> just the, the hum of the ship, the big machinery, the flick, the clunk of the switches and machines they're yeah. using, especially in the way that Alien yeah. pioneered well, the industrial future. Back to Blade Runner, the the, the, the yeah, enhancement the sound that yeah. we talked about that. <laughs> what was the other one I was thinking? Oh, um, so for Rocky Balboa, which is the sixth film, for wait, wait, no, weren't there seven old ones? There's one through five. Five old ones. And there's Rocky Balboa. Okay. And then there's Creed and Creed Two. No, yeah, I know Rocky Balboa and the two Creeds. I just I thought there were seven old ones no, for some reason. There's just six. Mm, right. Um, so in Rocky Balboa, they, I mean, through the Rocky films, there's a history of hitting beef and like having this wet snap to yeah. how they edit sound. But for Rocky Balboa, the way they shot and wanted to capture sound every boxing impact is actually the sound of glove on skin and it, it just adds this it, it's, it's more of a whump rather than a snap mm-hmm. and it, it's just so it's so specific and so accurate a sound to capture in those and the way it's shot is more like you would be watching a pay-per-view so it, it enhances that but you feel like you're in the ring more than you ever have before because the impact and the sound is so close to what is actually taking place so that that's something that I thought was really cool I mean because that I mean Rocky 1 is him hitting the side of beef and breaking the ribs and that snap and that 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 wet cold impact thing so for them to have taken a sound like that and moved it to something so accurate in Rocky Balboa was something I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there was one time I was asked to do sound design for a movie because, like, I was going to be the composer originally, but then they got another composer because, like, a producer came in and said, no, we want to use this guy. He's an award-winning composer. And I was like, oh, this is what Hollywood's like. Okay, I get it. 
but but you know the director was like well do you want to do sound design it's just like i'm i'm not set up to do sound design like i've blown all this money on all these sound banks to be able to recreate all this like you know music and instruments and synthesizers like you know i don't have a foley stage like i'm not gonna you know start buying all this stuff but like if i ever got offered a job where they're like we have a foley stage we have a room full of shit we have all this software and we have a team where if you don't physically know how to make something happen, you know, you can tell them like, this is the sound I want, make that happen. Like I would take that job in a heartbeat, you know, to be able to make all those, yeah, those clicks and clacks and, and the, the detail of that is really appealing to me, but it's just like what I would need to start producing that. Like, yeah, to go out and have good recording equipment to make a clean sample of a sound so that you can take it and alter it and not be like, oh, I heard someone sneeze in the background. Okay. This whole thing's unusable, you know? Right. But like, like even that type of job, I think would be really cool. Even though it's not like music, it is the the atmosphere. But like, you know, I definitely notice it and, and appreciate the the sounds, you know, for themselves. And but but yeah, like that's a that's a whole other a whole other field, you know. Like, but but yeah, I love that. Like I've seen clips of people doing stuff on fully stately. It's like okay, okay, here are the shoes. Clop clop you know they'll make the shoes walk away with the film and okay or you know like the, there's a video i saw on facebook that pops up where it's like you know this guy's got a bunch of celery stalks and as someone's arm breaks he like has to oh. twist them and snap them to make that sound happen you know like like it seems like it would be so fun and like so organic but it's just like like yeah like to to actually do that and be able to pull it off for a, an entire movie you know like you've got to have all this equipment you've got to have really good state-of-the-art recording equipment you've got to have the the software to be able to edit it you know and like i said people who who know like i don't know what to do with this to me oh you need to add this reverb and add this and reverse it and do this like and you know and it'd be cool to learn from them how to do it so i knew how to do it but like yeah i would i would never feel comfortable taking on something like that now where it's just like yeah do it at home with your laptop just just make it happen it's just like ugh. But but yeah, it's super inspiring. Like, Shin Godzilla, you know. the atomic breath. Oh God, oh. so good. Oh, I need new pants. Are you doing a <laughs> me impression? Because that's what that was. Uh, yeah, I thought about even that because too. I had that moment spoiled for me. Yeah, I saw it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, and even on YouTube, the sound. I went. I need to see this movie. <laughs> we were talking the other day about how perfect that movie is. I it right. just. Uh, we might have to watch it again for the podcast. We already watched it once for the podcast. We'll watch it again, but we won't, won't bore our listeners with another we could, episode. We could bribe a guest to come on and pick them. <laughs> yes. Well, we, you know, they wanted to watch it, so... Another one on sound design, my fourth, uh, Holy Grail. Oh, the Coconuts. Okay. Oh, oh, come on. That's so, so much... That's, what it does I mean, is it, yes, breaks, but come it on. breaks the fourth wall of that. Like, yeah. the idea of the, the sound design yeah. appearing as an element in the film yeah, to great. offset nobody wanting to take yeah. riding Where are your lessons. horses? Yeah. Like, so you're using coke, and it's a joke within the thing. Yeah. That is probably the most meta of any reference to sound design of all time. Mm. And you kind of, it's quaint now because you've seen it so much and it's like, mm -hmm. but that's a really great sound effect. Yeah. And it's on screen. You see it happen. It's, yeah. it's, I love that. <laughs> Fury Road, Sandstorm. Oh God, this is just like it's I'm own now list. literally looking at the films I have yeah. lined up on the coffee no, table underneath too. our microphones <laughs> and going, "Ooh!" <laughs> like oh. in order, it's Alien and then Shin so Godzilla. So Alien, I thought of on its own, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's down there too. Shin Godzilla and and then Fury Road, 
Right. Oh, Mad Men, The Sound of the Typewriters. Oh, man. <laughs> so despite owning three seasons of that, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> All right. Similarly, Evangelion, but it's a TV series. Right. And made by the guy who did Shin Godzilla, yeah. which is why there's so same, some consistency same. <laughs> there. Yeah. So, yeah. This is a good one. Was. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy. Yeah. Thought of it yesterday, just out of nowhere. Yeah. So. I, I was thinking the whole episode of that too. Yes, like, <laughs> no, you're right. Yes, it was a good episode. Yeah, I picked a good film and a good situation. <laughs> Thank you. Feed me. Oh, no, I, oh. Two for two, motherfucker. Oh, no, it was great. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Joel. Yeah. I, this movie being as based on nostalgia as it is, and as blind to the problems of its era, I was. There's definitely room for people to hate it. I would hope they don't, but uh, uh, you know. But I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you liked it. So yeah. it was nice to hook into it. Like I mm-hmm. was, I was worried about it, and it was just <laughs> instantly at ease. Like, oh, this is what this is. Okay, we're mm-hmm. we're good. <laughs> cool man, cool. Well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we have one more holiday episode, and then our cycle five, six recap. That's what we have left to Which, record. Whatever cycle it's, it was. I think it's five, right? Because we yes, did cycle yeah. five recap. Yeah. No, but coming out because it'll be uh, Tim's pick for a holiday film. Then the cycle five recap, which was our cycle of favorites. Yes. Where we watched uh, Fugitive. We basically Blade did talk about all of the films that yeah. we've watched since. So that would be all of Halloween, all but of yeah, holiday. Yeah, we might probably talk of... about those as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we hope you'll be joining us for that. Uh, we announced all the holiday films already. Yes. 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 So yeah. next holiday film. Mickey's Christmas Carol. Mickey's Christmas Carol. I'm actually really excited for that, too. too. Mm-hmm. So more childhood love. Yeah. <laughs> now, we hope you'll be joining us, listeners, and uh, otherwise we'll see you in the new year. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> hey, listeners. We appreciate you tuning in for our podcast. We're now available on iTunes if you'd like to check us out there. We'd be glad to have you subscribe. We'd also love to hear your feedback, whether it's a comment, review, or anything else. You can reach us all through our official Nerds That Geek emails, which you can find on the bio page at nerdsthatgeek.com. Or, if you can find us on social media, I'm on Instagram at Scott underscore W underscore Murray. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at JoelT18. And on Instagram, I'm the Tim Gerard, And on Twitter, I'm at Tim Gerard. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you'll come back for more. Thank you.